Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done within our lives, for all that you have done for us in Jesus, as you have redeemed us and made us yours, and you call us unto yourself. We pray, Lord, that you would remove distractions from our hearts and minds at this time, that you would lead us by your Spirit and your Word. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was just a couple of weekends ago I got to go fish with Dad, and I mean, how could I not talk about that? Uh, after such a great experience, and with a text like this, I, it was like a gift from God to be able to say, here's the experience, here's the text you're going to walk through, look, they go hand in hand. But while we were up in Oregon fishing, I, I remembered a lot of things that my dad had told me from the many years that we had been fishing. In fact, the shot that you saw on the screen there for just a little bit was a friend of ours that was out on the lakeside, or on the riverside. We were in a drift boat, and what I learned from that time was that there's a lot of things needed when you're fishing. There's patience, there's persistence, and there's guidance. See, as a kid, uh, I kind of had a hard time with the patience part of it. Dad made sure we were persistent, and I definitely had to listen to his guidance. And while we were up in Oregon, we had a great guide. I mean, the guide made all the difference in the world because that guide knew where to put our boat in the middle of the river. That guide knew where to have our lines drifting as we went down the river. That guide made the difference between having fish and not. So him, as a knowledgeable fisherman, made a huge difference. And I think there were some innate qualities to that fisherman, that persistence and that patience. It just comes along with the territory. So as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, remember the time frame that we're in here, right? Uh, as Mark lays it out for us in his gospel, we know that John the Baptist has already been arrested. He's been taken into custody. Jesus has already been baptized the temptation of the 40-day time has already happened. And so that word of Jesus being baptized, that temptation of uh, Jesus out in the wilderness, and then Jesus now not any longer in the Judean wilderness but up in Galilee, there has been some time for word to get out about this ministry. There's been some time for even the guys up on the, lake, or on the uh, shore of the Sea of Galilee to hear of all the things that were going on. They may have even had opportunity to make their way down to the Jordan and hear John himself. So Jesus has had some notoriety. And as he's walking along the Sea of Galilee and proclaiming the good news of God, the gospel of God, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. That's Jesus' message. That's his proclamation. And as he walks along that shoreline, he sees a few guys hard at work, right? Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, fishermen standing along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, fishing. Patiently, persistent, fishing. Throwing their nets out into the sea to catch fish. This is their livelihood. A lot of the livelihood of the whole area of Galilee revolved around 
fish, whether it was fish to eat or fish to trade or fish to salt over in Magdala, whatever it was around that whole area from Capernaum to Magdala, there was a need of fish. And then as Jesus walked a little bit further, Simon and Andrew already following him, right? Because he reached out to them and he said, come, come here, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. And they followed him. And a little bit further, he sees James and John mending their nets in the family business, right? Zebedee and sons fishing as they are there with the workers and in the boats and taking care of just daily work. Regular guys, maybe somewhat prominent in the area. Peter had a house. Zebedee and sons had their full business going with other hired hands. And Jesus walks up in the midst of that and says the same thing. Come here, follow me. And they did. You see, it's that phrase, fishers of men, I think would have really caught their ears. First off, well, they were fishermen. They got it, you know, quick turn of phrase. Hey, you're fishing right now for fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm sure they kind of went, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's go. But there's more to it. You see, from the lake shore, from that shore of the Sea of Galilee, looking across, and you'll see it here in this shot, as you look across the Sea of Galilee, you see kind of a craggy mountain line. That's Mount Arbel. It was a short 60 years prior to Jesus as Herod the Great had been put on the uh, ruling throne of Galilee and of the area. There had been a revolt against that Roman leadership, and it was called the Hasmonean Revolt. And there were followers of the Hasmoneans that were hiding out in the caves of Mount Arbel. And as Herod the Great took his forces and took the Roman forces over to the top of Mount Arbel, over the cliffs that you see there, over the edges, down on the side where the caves were at, where people were, he couldn't get to the people. And so he had contraptions built that were long arms that would hang out over the mountainside. And off of those long arms, you can imagine like a crane with a basket down on the bottom of it. And within that crane, or within that basket, there would be soldiers with long hooks and poles. And they would be swung in those baskets out and back into the mountainside trying to grab the people that were there in the cave. These followers of the Hasmoneans, these revolters of the Roman rule. And Herod had sent these soldiers out saying, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So that term is flowing through the uh, fishermen's ears as they hear Jesus say that you're going to make us fishers of men? Wait a minute, right over there across the lake, we know what happened. They also know their Old Testament. Jeremiah, the prophecy, right? The Jeremiah, the prophet to Israel. As Israel uh, was in the land of Judah and sinful practices had come about and idols were being worshipped and all kinds of things were going on that should not be going on in the promised land. And Jeremiah comes in to prophesy judgment and grace to the people of Israel. But the judgment portion of it was that there was going to be a army, many people uh, that were going to take away 
the Israelites from their land. It was an army from the north that was going to come and get them. And we find out later in his book, he's talking about the Babylonian people, that they would take the Israelites away into exile. They would be taken away from their temple. In fact, the temple itself that Solomon had built would be destroyed. Their very identity in the midst of that land would be taken away. In the midst of that prophecy of judgment, though, Jeremiah also promised a bit of hope. You see, he said how God would bring fishers and hunters to go and collect his people and find his people and bring them back together to bring them back into the land. He would look in every nook and cranny of every mountain and he would go into every place and bring them together. So as Peter and Andrew and James and John hear that simple little phrase, fishers of men, there's all kinds of things rolling around in their head of what that could actually mean. But I just imagine the conversation as they're walking along with Jesus and going, Jesus, what do you mean by fishers of men. Do you mean like over at Mount Arbel for that kind of kingdom? This is probably, well, no, not quite. Remember, the kingdom of God is at hand. The time has been fulfilled for God to send out his fishermen and gather his people together. See, that's what Jesus is calling these four fishermen into. Into that gathering of the people, that gracious time where God has done something to gather his people together out of the exile, out of that time of being led in sin to bring them into his grace and his presence. The hardest thing with God's word, though, is that no matter how it's spoken, sometimes it's going to land on a heart and bring judgment, and other times it's going to land on a heart and bring grace. Every single sermon you ever hear, you are going to hear a particular word and certain folks are going to hear that word and be called out in their sin. And it's going to make them realize that they've been living against God's word. And they're in that exact same preaching of God's word, others are going to hear it and hear the fact that God loves them and that they are forgiven and that his word shapes them and leads them. And has brought them grace. And so, you can imagine as these four guys are following along Jesus, trying to figure out what he means by fishers of men, what that's going to look like in the years to come. It's a tricky thing for them. And whether it's your first time hearing this word, well, come on, let's talk. Because there's a lot of things to dig into. There's a lot of growth to come as we dig into God's Word. And if it's the thousandth time you have heard this Word, then come on, let's talk. God's bringing you into that call of being a fisherman for Him. And what is that Word? Well, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. See, the good news, if you have forgotten it already, is the fact that Jesus has come, died, and risen again for the forgiveness of your sins. See, and the judgment that might come from the fishers of men is for all those that would reject that good and beautiful word from God. 
The grace that comes from it is the fact that you are forgiven. You are his child. You have been caught by the Spirit. It was poured into your heart at your baptism. You are all wrapped up in God's Word now. You are a child of grace. What a beautiful thing to be. And that kingdom of God that Jesus was proclaiming as He was there and present said the kingdom of God is at hand. That kingdom is still at work. When all the craziness of things that are going on every single day within our lives, God continues to work to bring people unto himself, continues to fish for men. Except there's something hard about fishing. Like I said before, it takes patience and persistence. And we don't always like that part. You see, as a kid with my dad, like I mentioned before, that was one of the hardest parts. See, I really liked catching as a kid. I didn't so much like fishing. I liked catching. I liked the fact that once that fish was on the hook, there was a fight. There was something to do. There was action. There was excitement. There was adrenaline. There was everything else. Well, as you fought that fish to bring it in, the fishing part, quite honestly, was boring. But that started to change as I got older. See, I, I really enjoy the fishing part now. It's time to sit and ponder. It's time to wait and be patient. It's time to be persistent in what you're doing, waiting for that catch, waiting for that bite. And I've got to tell you, as we were drifting on that boat up in Oregon, I had no idea when the fish actually bit. No clue. Every single time the weight bounced across the ground, I thought it was a fish bite. And I had to wait for a word from our guide to say, that's it. Go. Now. Hook it. Discipleship, I, I really don't think it's very much different. We have a hard time with the fishing. It's kind of boring sometimes. We feel like we're repeating ourselves over and over, saying the same words over and over, and never really seeing any action from it, never seeing the catch. I mean, sometimes we do and we rejoice in that, but it's hard fishing. It takes a long time. But being guided by the Spirit, You've got to remember, it's his job to catch. It's his job to know when the right time is to bring somebody to Christ. All he calls us to do is to keep casting, to keep fishing. And you, well, you're already caught. Baptized in God's word and in his name, you are forgiven. You're caught. So now let's go fish for more. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have caught us in Christ, that you have made us your children. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength uh, to live within that grace that you have given us in him, knowing that you have made us your children, and that you would also give us the courage to keep fishing, that you would lead us to share your word with all those that you bring into our lives and every single aspect of our life. And we thank you for the preachers and the DCEs and all those who proclaim your word as a profession, yet you give that very same word to every single person in their own walk of life, that they would be able to share the good news of the gospel. For the time has been fulfilled. 
Your kingdom is at hand. And we wait for the day that Christ comes back. In your son Jesus' name.